Welcome back, everybody. We now have our Encounter with God section where we're going to be studying from Revelation chapter 14. I'm so excited. You are always so excited when we yeah, head yeah, to yeah, Revelation. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the best part of the Bible. But right before okay. we head to we Revelation, yeah. let me hit you with another clue for the quiz. Okay. So this is a what creature am I quiz? What creature from the Bible this that is? This is an easy one. Oh, please. Yeah, no, come no, on it was, now. It was a seriously It's easy about one. to get a bit easier. So clue number three. You know why I think it was an easy one? Why? It's because it's a this is a real man story. You know, this is actually a, a great boys story. It's about to get more of a boys story, but go on. Okay, so if um you know for young boys, uh, they always like superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. And warriors mm-hmm. and powerful, you know, men uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff. And uh, this particular creature is associated with lots of those kinds of stories. But the one that you started with mm-hmm. about the you know the snowy day and the pit and so forth. It's, there's a whole list of hero stories uh-huh. in that chapter. So if you're a listener and you've got small boys. Um, Read them Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter um, that I will announce later in the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of more hero stories, and then you know, we did have David who seized one of these creatures by its hair and killed it. So also quite a heroic act. And then our third clue, also heroic, but a little bit squeamish for girls maybe. Samson tore one of these apart with his bare hands and later got honey out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, this is this is just a man story all the way through. You know, the, 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 the girls and the ladies are like, yeah, give us a romantic story about Ruth or something like that. You know, really sweet story. And here's and, Samson tearing beasts yeah, apart. Just, just, just rip it apart and there's blood and there's guts and it's like, yeah. And then later on we'll get some honey and eat it out of its skeleton. And so, oh, okay, I'm really grossed out right now. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know what creature that is, is give me a call 1-800-FAITH-FM it's 1-800-324-843 or you can text me 0491-064-669 you can even message me on Facebook Faith FM Australia you do know that the honey would be quite safe to eat right well, because I guess honey by that is time, an antiseptic. Do you think it, it, no yeah, it's just still a bit squeamish. The idea of eating anything out of any carcass or skeleton or blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. you just uh, take away I'm the sure bits I, that were touching the skeleton. I'm sure he didn't eat the bits that were like. Uh, I'm sure I had decomposed and all the fleshy bits were gone. And it was just like you know actual bones left, but it still isn't the most pleasant place to get your honey sauce from. But honey is one of those. Th- honey doesn't have germs in it. Oh, Lyle. It's, 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 it's an antiseptic. How long have you been it's married and you still don't understand women? <laughs> mm, I wonder. I want my honey my, from a hive or from wife, a jar. My beautiful wife is sitting here at the uh, producing the show and she's just laughing her head off right now um, at your comments. But... Uh, <laughs> now he's like, let's return to Revelation. Actually, no, I don't understand women. If you understand women and you're a man, please give, give us, us a call. call. <laughs> because you'll be the only one on the planet. Oh, <laughs> and we funny. would love to hear from you. Our number is 1-800-324-843. And you will be in favour of all of the other men in the world because you're the only man who's ever explained. And I can tell you whether or not you're right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but we're let's jump into our study. We are okay. doing our preparation for the end time which is a study that we're doing with 20 million other people around okay, so the world. Okay, so join the movement. Join the movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can right even Faith FM. get a copy of your own study guide. It's a little booklet. Um, you can get it from Better Books and Food or you can just order it online. Um, they're very cheap. They're about $3.50 yep. and you can follow along with us every morning and uh, be part of this movement. 20 million people who are all studying the same Bible topic on the same day. I reckon day. that's super cool that people get together oh, to study the Bible. That's I just awesome. I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
It should be encouraged and may it grow. Let's aim Amen. for 40 million next year. How about that? I think that's a great idea. All right. So what are we reading today? Revelation chapter 14. Yes. Verses 6 and 7. Why don't you start for me in verse 6. For us in verse 6, I should say. And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language and people. Fear God, he shouted. Give him glory, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. You read verse 7 as well. Well, yeah, it's a good verse. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, kind of incomplete without verse 7. You get carried away without Okay, it. it talks about the good news right there. What, mm-hmm. is, the, what is the Christianese version word for good news? Uh, the gospel. The gospel. Okay, mm. so if you're ever wondering, when Christians talk about the gospel, and Christians love to talk about the gospel, if you're ever wondering what on earth are they talking about, it is simply a Christianese ver- word for good news. I like this Christianese word you come up with. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, see, Christians have their own subculture and their own sub-language. It's, yeah, it's totally you, true. You're we losing do. your microphone. Yeah, now. my microphone's decided to swing around. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, the other thing you find is that even within different churches, mm. they have their own little sub-language. Yeah, they do. Like in the Adventist church, we're at Seventh-day Adventist, and sometimes it's like, yeah, people just talk about stuff, and it's like, mm, maybe people don't actually know what that means. Yeah, Adventism. But, but we, we know what it means. Maybe we should have a segment on our show where we just give definitions for Christianese's. Christianese words. And, and, and Adventese in case mm-hmm. some creeps into mm-hmm. our radio show. I remember a young lady, she found out I was German and she asked me if I spoke Germanese. <laughs> Germanese. Do you, Mon, do you speak Germanese? Can you speak, so, can you speak some Germanese for us here this morning? I don't speak Germanese, but I do speak German. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, there you go. Okay, okay so. so the gospel is gospel Christianese is good news. for good news. Good news. All right. So here's what you have. Let's, let's break it down so far. The Bible says in verse 6 that you have an angel, which is um, symbolic of a messenger or a message uh, flying in the middle of heaven, which is the atmospheric heavens. The Bible speaks about three heavens. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you have the atmosphere, you have the starry heavens, and you have heaven where God lives. So this is the atmospheric heavens. And so we know that this is symbolizing not just a message, but a worldwide message. Mm -hmm. And this particular angel has the everlasting good news, otherwise known as the everlasting good news. Gospel. Let's stop there for a moment. Let me ask you this question. Has the gospel ever changed? Well, it couldn't possibly have changed if it's everlasting. No, it couldn't um, because it indicates very, very clearly that, you know, right the way through from one end of the Bible to the other, you have the same gospel story being told. Mm. Some people are like, yeah, I don't like the Old Testament, but I like the New Testament because there's the gospel in it. Well, guess what? The Old Testament is full of the gospel. And I think this also tells us something about God's character, doesn't it? Yeah, imagine serving God. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna change my mind. I used to save people by making them keep the law, and now I'm going to save them by uh, just giving them free grace. Mm. And so you end up with two groups of people in heaven. Oh, how did you get here? I got here by law. Oh, how did you get here? I got here by grace. That doesn't make any sense, does it? That's no. a God who chops and changes and has different standards of salvation for different people. The simple reality is that the only salvation that exists anywhere in the Bible is salvation by grace alone. From Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22, it is all salvation by God's grace. This is the everlasting gospel. 
it, yeah, it is pretty strong evidence that the gospel hasn't changed. It is everlasting. And you know, an unchanging God has an unchanging gospel. Okay, so the angel is flying in the midst of the atmospheric heavens. We have a message here that is go to, going to go to the whole world. Um, he has the everlasting gospel. What does the Bible say that he's going to do with that everlasting gospel in verse 6? He's going to do something very specific with it. He's carrying it. He's mm. carrying it to proclaim to the people who belong to this world. And what's the first word of verse 7? Fear. Uh, what does your version say? Saying. Ah. Oh, so, yeah, well, that's what he's saying. But he yeah, starts my, the first, the first, The first word of verse 7 for me is saying. So mine, mine goes like this. I saw another angel fly in the middle of heaven. He has the everlasting gospel to preach to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying. Mm-hmm. All right. So the everlasting gospel is now about to be spoken, isn't that so? Mm-hmm. Okay, so why don't you read for us the everlasting gospel? It's funny because mine says it's shouted, but you know what? Shouted or said, they're both being expressed. Okay. Fear God, he shouted, give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as a judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Thank you. Okay, so let's think about this for a moment. The Bible says, because this is not exactly what you would expect the everlasting gospel to sound like. Mm. Uh, it starts by saying, he, he shouts out that we are to do what? To fear God. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Uh, I think it's an old-timey way of saying respect. It is. Yeah. It is definitely not a uh, way of saying you need to be scared of God. Yeah, yeah. This is not what God is all about. God is not about being scared of God. God is all about us respecting him. Mm. And, you know, I think this is important because too often I think it is popular these days to treat God like one of the fellows. Yeah, and God is not one of the fellows. He is sovereign God. Not. He is ruler and creator of the universe. And we should approach him with utmost respect. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of uh, churches these days do lack a certain reverence. Yeah, and we, we, need to, uh, we need to stop and consider who it is we are actually coming to worship while not forgetting that this person wants to be our very closest and best friend. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. So if Jesus wants to be your best friend, how do you how do you how do you marry up fear God with God is my best friend? Well, I mean, one would hope that you would have respect for your best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, you're thinking about you know, your earthly best friend, so to speak. Um, you would still respect them. It doesn't mean just because they're your, your bestie doesn't mean that you disrespect them. Yeah, but here in Australia, you know, we... Uh, we get pretty casual. We get very casual mm-hmm. with our best friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know you're accepted in a in a group of friends when they insult you. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's so true. If we're making fun of you, it's because we love you. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, somebody took a photo of me on the stage last night and sent it to uh, one of my best friends. And uh, his reply was, yeah, who's that ugly so-and-so up there on the stage? And I'm like, yeah, that's my best mate right there. You know, that's the Australian way of doing things, but we, never, we, wouldn't, we would not treat God like that, would we? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, we, uh, yes, Australians insult their best friends. I kind of like that, you know. I think that other cultures don't really get it. Yeah, absolutely not. We're pretty um, good at laughing at ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's an awesome thing about being an Aussie, but we don't, you, you would never do that with God. So God is your best friend, but he's in a slightly different category. 
Yeah. So how do you, how, like, like you said, how would you, how do you consolidate, you know, being respectful? Because the Bible often calls us to fear God, to respect mm-hmm. Him, mm-hmm. Um, but then also have Him as your closest and dearest friend. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And uh, that's something that you need to work out between yourself and God. Mm-hmm. And never to forget what God says about fear God. Respect God. Uh, the Bible says that Job was a man who feared God. Oh, I'm mm. going to read you this first. I'm going to read it from the old KJV. It's, it's awesome. Okay. It's so cool. Um, <clears throat> and uh, this one will throw you all for a spin. You'll be like, what on earth is he reading about? <laughs> is okay, this so from Job? Job, which is spelled Job. Okay. But it says Job. I, I, I don't know. Why, why do we say Job? Why don't we just I, say Job? Oh, no, because Job sounds funny. I like Job. Job is cool. So you put an E on it. Yeah. And then it would say Job. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was a man in the land of Uz. Mm-hmm. whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. He did what now? He, he eschewed evil. Don't you love that? Isn't that what you do with apples? Uh, you eschew no. no, you stew apples. You don't eschew apples. I don't even know what that means, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. That's why I love reading from the KJV. He eschewed evil. That means he turned away from it and he hated it. Didn't oh. want to have anything to do with it. He got as far away from evil as he could. So the Bible says he was perfect. He was upright. He feared God and he eschewed evil. So, you know, our response to, okay, so this is your word of the day. Mm-hmm. I want you to figure out, Mon. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the rest of the radio show today, mm-hmm. I want you to use the word eschewed. Okay. And here's your challenge as a listener. I want you to use the word eschewed sometime today just so that you can look at the confused face <laughs> of the person that you are talking to. Give us a definition one more time so we can remember. It means he turned away from. He turned away He from. rejected. Okay. Okay. So he eschewed evil. He rejected. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. So find a way to use that word and uh, then give us a call on 1-800-324-843 and tell us about the confused look that you got when you used that word and the fun that you had explaining it. Such a cool (laughs) word. I think we should bring it back into the English language. I would not mind at all. Yeah, I think I definitely should. Uh, we need to we need to start a movement to bring that one back. Hey, let's put it out on social media or something. We'll put it up on our Facebook page. And let's just go back to KJV talking altogether. You know, KJV talking actually has a lot more words in it, mm. and uh, and each of you know because it has thee and thou, but it also has you and your because thee and thou mean differently, they have oh, different really? words and they have different meanings. Yeah. Mm. Oh. So a greater, if you can actually understand KJV English, the Bible has a greater depth. That's true. Hmm. Anyway, uh, we are getting sidetracked. All right, here's the thing. If you fear God, you respect God. The best way that you can respect God is by turning away from evil. And this is what Job did. Oh, okay. This is the greatest way we can respect God is, okay, I respect God. Therefore, I will have nothing to do with evil. That's great. So that's how we can marry the two concepts together. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. God is our best friend. He's our best mate. You know, somebody that we treat with absolute respect, but the greatest way to respect him is by eschewing evil. Mm. See, you've missed the opportunity to use that word. I I saw it, but I thought, you know what, it's too obvious. Let me try it later on. Okay. Yeah. 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 In the next segment coming up. Okay. All right. So, uh, fear God. And then what is the next next thing it says after that? Uh, Give glory to him. how How do you give glory to God? That's a good question as well. I'm asking you. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking about it. I guess, you, but it, would it be the same as honouring God or is that something different, honouring and giving glory to him? 
I think you. I think when when uh, when you know when you receive the blessings of God, you don't thank yourself or take the credit. You always give credit to God, right? That's how you give glory. Yeah. Yep. So you give credit to God. Yep. Yep. That's how I would think of giving glory to Him. Absolutely. You know, and not being prideful in and of yourself mm-hmm. of anything. Yep. So when I think of yeah, when I think of giving glory to God, you know, giving glory to, to God. Um, where it's due and not... I think when I think of giving glory to God, I think of, okay, how in this world can I show God's glory to others? You know, how can I be Mm. like a mirror to reflect the glory of God? And I think when we think of the glory of God, the first thing that comes into our mind is brightness. Okay. But brightness is just brightness. It's great, but it's just brightness. Yeah. The real glory of God is his character. Okay. So if you go back to Exodus where Moses is like, oh, show me your glory. He wanted to see God's brightness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And God's like, yeah, sure. I'll show you um, a little bit of my glory, but I will proclaim my character. So we give glory to God by telling people about God's character? Demonstrating God's character. Oh, okay. Okay, telling, yes, definitely, definitely telling. But I think the greatest way that you give glory to God is by demonstrating God's character. You know, people want to see Christians more than they want to hear them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And uh, if we can show God's character, if we can show, you know, Jesus' character, that is uh, a great way of giving glory to God. So it comes down to how we live our life. Mm-hmm. So it's really connected with what Job did because he eschewed evil. Mm-hmm. He turned away from evil. And in doing so, he lived a righteous life. And by living a righteous life, that brought glory to God because people could say, okay, this is the character of God right here. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like Job, therefore I want to be like God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so he respects God by turning away from evil. Yes. And he gives glory to God by exemplifying God's character. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so what's the next thing it says here in the everlasting? So we're here getting a picture of the everlasting gospel. The everlasting gospel is to is telling us to turn away from evil and to live our lives like God lived his life. And I think it's obvious to note that that didn't change at any point in history. Oh, of course. That's yeah, always been important. the same. Of course, yeah. So he says, Fear God, give glory to him, for the time has come when he shall sit as judge. Oh. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. So we have another action there, and we that's do. to worship him. Ah, before that, before that. You missed a bit. Oh, it's a really cool bit. What, is it, what does it say? Give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Okay. So here's what you've got. Jesus has not yet come. Mm-hmm. But there is a message that goes out worldwide that the time has come that the judgment is going to take place. Okay. Now, a lot of people tell me that judgment happens when you die. No. But here the Bible says, no, the time has, taken, it has come where... And there is an aspect, I should say, there is an aspect of judgment that does take place when you die, and the Bible is very clear about that. But here the Bible says that uh, the, a, a time has come where he is going to sit as judge. Mm-hmm. Now, the Bible also says, why don't you flick over to Matthew chapter 16 for me? There's an important verse over here, Matthew chapter 16. And let me go there very quickly, and let's read verse 27. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 27 says, For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. 
Okay. Let me read, for you, read it to you from my translation. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward everyone. There's actually a difference between reward and judging. Judging, judging, uh, you know, uh, there is there is the execution of the judgment. I guess uh, would be the context in which yours has been translated. Mm-hmm. Um, but judging before you have the execution of the judgment, you have a decision that is made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can't hand out rewards, as the Bible says, you know, either eternal life or condemnation, until you've actually made a decision as to who's saved and who's lost. And you made that decision by asking for Jesus. And this is our next song, Give Me Jesus by Jeremy Camp. We'll be right back after this song break with part three of our encounter with God. Stay tuned. In the morning when I rise In the morning When I rise In the morning When I rise Give me Jesus Give me Jesus Give me Jesus
Welcome back to our encounter with God. We were talking about the everlasting gospel. And uh, talking about this everlasting gospel, we've been particularly talking about the judgment. There's a passage over in Revelation chapter 22 that I'd like to share with you. Revelation chapter 22 that speaks about the return of Jesus Christ and draws out a very, very important lesson that I think it's uh, something we all need to take particular note of. So Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12, the Bible says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. So let me ask you this question, Mon. Mm -hmm. When Jesus comes back, does he bring his reward with him? Uh, it says it right there that he does. And when when do you give out rewards, before or after judgment? After, so you know who gets one and who doesn't. Absolutely. So we know that the judgment has taken place before Jesus comes back, right? Yeah. And in the passage that we read here a moment ago from Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7, the Bible says the hour has arrived where God is going to judge. So there is a message that is going to go out to the whole world just before Jesus comes back that tells us we are living in the hour of God's judgment. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to be a part of sharing that message this morning. Would you like to be a part of sharing that message? Sure. Okay, so let's, let's just share it then. We are now living in the time in which the judgment is taking place in heaven in preparation for the return of Christ. Amen. Does that make you excited? Yeah, I think because it means Jesus is coming soon. Okay, but Jesus um, is going through, possibly going through the record of your life today, like every little last detail and judging you. Do you like being judged? Um, depends whether or not it's going to end up well. <laughs> Look, I know it's going to end up well for me because I asked Jesus to stand instead for me. Okay. And this is a really important thing because the Bible says that um, the blood of Jesus Christ covers our sins. Mm. And if we ask him to do so, then, you know, and we're covered by his blood, then when your name comes up in the judgment and he opens the record of your life, a lot of blank pages in there mm -hmm. and a lot of pages with a lot of things written on them that are all good things that Jesus did through you and that's all. Yep. So that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah, and we need to make Particularly, that our first work every yeah, yeah, morning. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because if we look at our lives and we're honest about our lives, there are lots of things for all of us in all of our lives that we just really don't want Mm -hmm. the other people to know about mm. and we don't want them judging us and we don't look, want them looking at us like and this is the biggest criticism that you ever get against Christianity like oh Christians are so judgmental mm. and all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. and as Christians yeah we should leave the judging to God no question about that um, we can judge truth and error mm -hmm. you know if somebody speaks error it's like well that's not what the Bible says let me read you what the Bible says that's, that's different but um, we shouldn't be judging a person as to whether they're saved or lost that is a a, a, a job that God does. Okay, so why would God judge a Christian in the first place? Why would God judge somebody who is saved? I don't know. He has to judge everyone, doesn't he? Yeah. <coughs> but what? what well, yeah. It's a good question, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is a good question. Um, all right. Let me take this further. Why does God need to have a judgment? Doesn't he already know who's saved and who's lost? I think it's not so much for his sake, but for our sake, right? So we know that he's a fair and just God. Absolutely. Because we want to see that, you know, <clears throat> I know it makes us sound like we're trying to hold God account, you know, accountable. No, not But at all. he wants us to believe and trust him. And so he's, God he's is holding showing him, us. God is holding himself accountable. Yeah. That's the issue that we have right here. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, the, the, the thing is 
that I come across so many Christians like, oh, I'm never going to be judged because I'm a Christian. I'm like, well, actually, have you read the Bible? Mm. You know, because the Bible is full of judgment. There is a lot of judgment in the Bible, and the Bible is very, very clear that you know God is going to bring every work into judgment, whether good or evil, and every person is going to be judged, whether they are good or evil. And so, you know, you can't just ignore um, what the Bible is saying in relationship to judgment. So then, we need to understand what it is that's taking place. Of course, obviously, clearly, God knows who's saved and who's lost. Mm. He doesn't have to have a judgment to figure things out. He gets it. The purpose for the judgment is very simple. God is about to come back. Mm-hmm. And when when he returns, some people are going to be saved and some people are going to be condemned. The whole universe is looking on. Mm-hmm. And there are some people here on this earth who look to be really, really righteous people. Mm. Like really righteous people. The universe is looking on and, uh, and then God comes along and condemns them. They can take God at his word as like, yeah, and most like like they would, but if there's a seed of doubt, even a slightest hesitation in like, really? Mm. In the context of eternity, that seed is going to grow. Absolutely. And sooner or later, sin will come back again. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other hand, there are some really, really evil people on this planet and some of those, you know, like Manasseh, for instance, mm. in the Bible, who was mm-hmm. saved, he was like way worse than anybody that we've had, you know, in the last hundred years. Um, and he was saved. And so, you know, uh, there would be those who would be like, wait a minute. Mm, people that he could have I'm really, really glad that you're saved that person, but. But they did me harm. If there's the slightest hesitation in the way they think about it, mm-hmm. then it's like, well, there's a seed of doubt, isn't there? Mm. And just the slightest hesitation, the slightest seed of doubt, and you've got a whole situation where um, sooner or later that's going to grow Mm. and it's going to expand and it's going to produce fruit and sin will come back again and this whole problem, you know, will have to be dealt with again. And, you know, God is going to get rid of sin. The Bible says in Nahum chapter 1 and verse 9, he's going to get rid of it so thoroughly that it will never come back again. And the way that he does that is not by removing our power of choice. He could remove our power of choice and like, oh, it's impossible. Um, it's impossible for anyone to ever uh, sin again. Well, then love doesn't exist if there's no power of choice. He doesn't mm-hmm. remove our power of choice. No, 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 not at all. What God does is that he <coughs> leaves our power of choice, but he holds a judgment so that we can see that every decision he has made is 100% perfect and right it really um it tells us more about god's character the fact that he allows us to to basically judge him almost to make sure that he's you know been uh, a fair judge and an honest judge and that we would agree with him on on how he judged it really and especially because he didn't need to do that you know he could have just said this is it this is what I've decided and that's that. But the fact that he lets us in on that and shows us really tells us more about how loving um, his character is and how much he cares for us and how much he cares about you know, w- what we think. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so of course there's one last part to, uh, and we've got a question coming in here that we're going to look at during our, um, our question of the day coming in from Tom. Um, but one last part of our encounter with God here we're looking at is that it says to worship God in the last part of verse 7 there. Mm. Worship God in what context? Uh, So Revelation 14 and verse 7, the last little section right there. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. So worship him as a creator? 
Yeah, worship him as a creator. Okay, so we're, our question of the day has already come in, which is good to see. Tom has asked, how can, how can God be aware of each of us individually? This is a really good question, isn't it? It's is a good question. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in question of the day coming up in just a moment. But before we do, the Bible says, Worship him who made heaven, earth, the sea, and the springs of waters. Now, that's a direct quote from the Old Testament. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. That's a direct reference to something very, very specific in the Old Testament. And God is directing our attention to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. You know what chapter that is? Exodus 20. And you will find that this is a quote from Exodus 20 and verse 11, where the Bible says, For in six days the Lord made heaven, earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And so the last part of the everlasting gospel is a reference to the Sabbath. Amen. Thank you for uh, leading out in our encounter with God, Lyle. And stay right there. We're going to be back with the question of the day. I wonder what the answer to that one will be. If you have a question, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Last night I lay sleeping There came a dream so fair I stood in all Jerusalem beside the temple there. I heard the children singing, and ever as they sang, methought the voice of angels from heaven and
changed, new earth there seemed to be. I saw the holy city beside the tideless sea. The light of God was on its streets, the gates were open wide. went flat during the song break and I can no longer <laughs> turn our microphones on. We have to do it manually. Oh, my goodness. We are... Um, we're taking donations for a new iPad. <laughs> we're, we're taking, we're actually, actually, I'm going to actually I'm gonna put this out there seriously. Yes, just do it. Um, because we have some great opportunities with Faith FM. We have some great opportunities to expand our network uh, significantly. Um, we have... Um, we we are running on a shoestring budget here, mm-hmm. and if you were able to actually see our studio, and we've got things sitting on boxes, and we've got workarounds, and we're making it work. Praise yeah, God! It's so love, exciting. We love sharing the gospel, and we love sharing it with you. But there is so much more that we could do 
Um, both again, there's another 14 licenses that we would like to buy. Which, so, mm-hmm. so many people could, more people could hear about Jesus Christ. And these are opportunities that just don't come up very often. Mm. And so, if you could help us in any way, um, we're asking for donations. Um, amongst other things, we need to buy a new charger for our iPad. Or maybe just a new iPad because it's been charged the entire time and it still died. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, Our technology needs an update. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we desperately do uh, to be able to take this to the next level. We were told that we we were three years away from being able to go live. Mm. And we went live, praise God. With we're the, live with right the, now. With the technology that we had. And so God is good, but we need to be able to move up to the next level. If you can find it in your heart in any way, shape or form to help us at Faith FM, give us a call on 1-800-324-843. And uh, in any way that you can bless us financially, we could use that blessing. That's one eight hundred Faith FM. Give us a call. And do you know what? It's if you just shoot your mind forward to when we're all in heaven, and just imagine people coming up to you and thanking you for your donation because it helped broaden our radio program and uh, and catch more people who were just desperately falling through life looking for Jesus. Absolutely. Question of the day, Lyle. Someone called Tom, bless you, Tom, has asked the question, how can God be aware of each of us individually? There's a really good question. I like this question. Okay, so let's think about the universe. We were talking about the universe earlier, and obviously um, it seems that Tom has been you know, listening in where we were talking about how that, uh, what have we got? We've got these clusters of galaxies that are forming 12.4 billion light years away. So if you're traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 12.4 billion light years to get there. Um, and they are forming stars 1,000 times faster than any stars being formed in the Milky Way. And so, you know, the big the thing about the universe is that it is huge. It is big. It is massive. Mm. How can God be aware of you as an individual? I mean, our Earth is a random speck of dust in that universe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we underestimate the power of God. Absolutely. Because if we serve a God who can speak things into existence, then he can know about you as an individual. So we're going to go over to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 30. Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to read a bit of a passage here. Uh, Let me see. Matthew 10 and verse 30. The Bible says, um, well, let's go back, back up to verse 28. Fear not those which kill the body, but are able to kill the soul. But rather fear those which are able to kill both the body and the soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of all ba- more value than many sparrows. And here is the answer. If we have a God who can... Speak the universe into existence. Mm. Then we also serve a God who knows exactly how many hairs there are on the top of your head. Now, for some fellows, that's easier than others. <laughs> okay, so some of you is like, yeah, I know how many hairs are on my head. And it's like, I look at them like, yep, I know exactly how many hairs there are in your head. Absolutely none. Um, you ladies seem to get off lightly that way. But um, God tells us this is how much he knows about us and how much he actually cares for us. 
Mm. There is not a sparrow. Now, a sparrow is, you know, they're, they're common as dirt. That's, there's a reason they're called the common sparrow. They're just, mm-hmm. And they're all over the world, you know. They're even here in Australia. They're not supposed to be here in Australia, but they are here in Australia. They shouldn't be here in Australia. We should get them rid of them from Australia, but they're here. They are uh, a bird that has successfully colonised the whole world and we don't take much notice of them. Yeah, they're, kind they're, of they're pretty insignificant birds. They're insignificant. Mm. And the Bible tells us that God notices every single one when it dies. Isn't that just so heartbreaking a thought? God who hates death so much notices every little sparrow that dies uh, and then, um, you know, and, and, and yet, and God knows how many hairs there are on top of your head. So this is the kind of God that we serve. This is a God who is so aware of you as an individual that he left the courts of heaven, he came down to this earth, He lived a life of suffering and pain for 33 years and then he hung on a cross on Calvary just so that he could spend eternity with you. Mm. You know, we often, in Christianity, in our Christianese, we often talk about, um, you know, we use these phrases like, oh, you know, um, Jesus died for our salvation. And a non-Christian is like, yeah, what does that actually mean? Well, let me explain it in simple terms. Jesus died for only one reason, friendship. Okay. That's the only reason that Jesus died. Mm-hmm. He died because he could not bear the thought of not being your friend for eternity. He saw you, the Bible says, before you were born. He knew you before you were born. He knew everything about you before you were born. And he then brought you into existence. He created you. And he created you as an individual. And he's like, yes, this is someone right here, this person. I want to spend eternity with this person. Now, we suffer under the under the curse of sin. There's no question about that. And God's like, you know what? I'm going to get rid of all of that curse one day. It's going to be gone. There's going to be none of it left. And uh, that's good news. Don't you Amen. think? Amen. Absolutely. That is wonderful news. I ha- Tom, I hope that answers your question for you. We're going to have another song break. This is Melissa Otto, Moses and Zipporah. And when we come back, we're going to be giving away our free giveaway. So get your phones ready. First person through will get our free giveaway today. A wonderful gift that I know you're going to love. Darling, I will stay.
was Melissa Otto with Moses and Zipporah. Mon, we're giving something away. Yes, I love giving stuff away. You say that every morning. I know, but I, it just You have a, such an amazing life. I know, I know, every day I give away stuff. It's so good. Okay, so today I'm going to give away um, to the first caller through on 1-800-FAITH-FM a copy of Steps to Personal Revival, the very famous book by Helmut Halbeel. Okay. Yeah, I actually bought this uh, book in German just a few months ago for my oh no, was, this, was, earlier was this it, month. Was it originally written in German? Yeah, it was it, the, the writer is German. It was really originally written in German, and it's been translated to English. It's been translated to English, and it's become an instant bestseller, and it's just never stopped. It's an amazing story, um, amazing book. Steps to uh, personal revival. So you, do, you, do, you, do you rather do you rather read it in German or English? No, English. <laughs> <laughs> German is my first language. But English is my better language. And Lyle, I'm going to yes. give you the two last clues because we got so caught up in oh, our Oh, that's study. right. We did too. I'm we forgot about our clues. Two last clues for our What Creature Am I quiz. So I'm potentially going to give away something even more. You can call us up anytime throughout the day um, for the quiz. doesn't matter if the show is here. It's done, the breakfast show. Okay, so the fourth clue was is Peter said the devil prowls around like this creature looking for someone to devour. Mm-hmm. And the last clue is Jesus is the blank of the tribe of Judah. And if you so really want to find that story about the one that died in a pit in a time of snow, it's in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 20. So we're giving all the clues away now. So if it's you a- know what animal that is, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, and you will get the Melissa Otto CD album. Or if you're the first caller through, you can get the Steps to Personal Revival book by Helmut Haubel. Okay, so we're giving all kinds of stuff away here this morning and amazing stuff it is. Of course, if you'd like to know more about the Bible, then give us a call as well. We would love to hear from you. We love it when uh, we are able to connect people with ways and means of learning about the Bible. So if you'd like to learn about the Bible in a small group setting where you can sit around and share some food and discuss the Bible together, give us a call. We can and set if you've up. got nothing to do this weekend, come on down to the Stewart's Point Convention Centre, 250 Grassy Head Road in Stewart's Point. You can join the big camp here. Thousands and even of if you have things to do, yeah, even if just cancel them, just cancel, put it all down, and come this join us. One-off opportunity is never going to come by again until next year, and it won't be the same next year. It won't be the same at all. So there's lots of marquee tents here, different age groups for everyone in your family. Come along, have a great weekend with us. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, if you've already won the prize this month, then uh, let somebody else have a chance, maybe. Of course, we yeah. do have a once-a-month policy, but do you know what? We're, 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 we're pretty generous. Get so give your us a aunt call. to we'll call up. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now we have uh, yeah, some some more great programming today and we'll be back on Monday morning right after the 7 o'clock news. We hope you have a wonderful weekend and stay grateful. And to our delayed listeners, jump across to our live show, faithfm.com.